0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. While the world was distracted by a crippling pandemic, major economic shifts were underway and the headlines totally missed it. Changes that affect the course of history happened slowly at first and then all of a sudden. I believe we're in one of those phases again, right now as we speak. The last time it happened was 1971, and we're still bearing the fallout of the damage That Richard Nixon did to the United States back in 1971 when he took the US dollar off the gold standard. I remember those days, even though I was just a child. I was eight years old. We used to listen to a half-hour news radio show every evening during our dinner time at my house. I remember the news vividly. I watched the news conference when Nixon made the announcement. Half a century later, we're still enduring the effects of 1971 when Nixon closed the gold window. But to understand why, we have to consider the window's origin. Currency devaluations, leading to inflation, depression, and worse, were pretty common before World War II. The 1944 Bretton Woods Conference designed a new system which took effect in the 1950s. The U.S. would hold most of the world's gold, guaranteeing other nations could convert their gold reserves at a fixed $35 an ounce. Essentially, this tied other countries to the U.S. dollar. Bretton Woods worked for almost 20 years, but it had some side effects. Not unlike today's euro. You can't tie independent countries together with their own fiscal policies to the same currency. It guarantees balance of payment problems. Starting in the mid-1960s, various European countries began demanding payment for their dollars in gold. They wanted the U.S. to balance its budget, which had gone wildly into deficit because of the Vietnam War. The U.S. was literally using Air Force planes to ship gold from Fort Knox to New York and outbound. I remember the OPEC oil embargo of the U.S. Naturally, the narrative on the news made the oil-rich nations of the Middle East to be the enemy. It was those nasty, greedy oil barons in Saudi Arabia that were responsible for the misery, the long lines at the gas station, and the unprecedented prices for a gallon of gasoline. When in fact, the oil barons were quite right to be upset at the notion that they were being paid less for their oil, with the illusion that the price was remaining the same. What followed was a period of inflation, unlike what we'd seen in U.S. recent memory. Inflation was out of control. It started with oil, then spread to other commodities. Eventually, the price increases trickled through the economy and spread to include rent, transportation, food, and eventually wages. It was a time of labor strife, of unions going on strike to protest declining purchasing power and the demand for higher wages. There were strikes at car manufacturers, the post office, at airlines, the railways, the longshoremen unloading cargo ships. The culprits were those big bad corporations who were exploiting the workers. Or were they? Perhaps the erosion of the purchasing power of the wage was really to blame. But since the government wasn't paying the majority of those paychecks in those days, you could only look to your employer for a raise and not the government. So here we are in 2021, with commodity prices shooting up, and yet inflation is somehow still below the 2% target. But wheat prices are up 33% over last year. Oil prices are triple- Copper prices are up 72.4% over this time last year. Lumber's up 260%. Corn prices are up 80%. Real estate for residential homes up 16% nationwide. Yet somehow, inflation is worryingly low, below 2%. Now, somehow, there's either a disconnect or the effect has yet to trickle through the system. Now, China is America's largest trading partner, and there's a massive trade deficit. The tone of talks this past week in Anchorage, Alaska between the U.S. and China made it clear that China is taking the dominant role in those discussions. Okay, so what's that have to do with real estate? If you're a real estate investor and you're trying to underwrite deals based on flat market assumptions about inflation, it's getting more and more difficult to create a financial model that reflects the reality of what we're now experiencing. Are the price jumps we've experienced a short-term commodity bump, merely a reflection of of a short-term pandemic-induced supply problem, Or are we seeing long-term price inflation, the result of too much money in the system? And if prices are up, will rents follow suit? Transportation costs are up dramatically, and the balance of trade can be seen clearly in the cost of transportation. Shipping a container from California back to China costs $445, but that same shipping container coming from China to Long Beach, California costs over $3,000, and if you want to ship it to the U.S. East Coast, add another $700. The question is, how long until China no longer accepts the devaluing U.S. dollars as a means of payment? When that happens, you'll see a rapid drop in the value of the U.S. dollar. And when that happens, you want to be holding real estate and as few dollars as humanly possible. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.